The power of your words. And I love to talk about this subject because this subject is transforming my life. I can say it has transformed my life, but it's continuing to transform your life, my life. I found with the word of God, when you put it to work in your life, it, it, it works and you feel like, man, this is awesome. I have changed. But then you realize as you put more word in, there is so much more change that needs to happen in me. And if you continue to put the word to work in your life, it'll continue to make your life better. That's why we talk a lot around here. Your best life just doesn't show up on your doorstep. You have to build your best life on purpose. It takes effort on your part. That's why a lot of us just live an average life because we'd be lazy and we don't want to do no work, right? But those of us who want to grow, those who want a better life, we are committed. Those people here that are attending Celebration Church, you're here because you're committed to building your best life. Because as you build your best life, the world around us changes. See, I don't know about you, I get a little frustrated with people who call themselves Christians just using their mouth to try to push people into believing like they do. I say that again. I get a little frustrated and irritated with those that call themselves believers in Christ Jesus or Christians who try to use their words only to bully people into believing like they do. It's only when you build your best life that other people will see it and want what you got. So you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache and stress. Those of y'all who think you got to take care of business on your Facebook or your Instagram because people irritating you and talking trash that you don't believe in. Instead of it stressing you out and getting under your skin and irritating you, you just forget about all that. Don't change them. Build your best life. Build your best life. Now, we could go home after that because that's a word for all of us, right? I just need to be concerned about building my best life. If I build my best life, you just all do what you want to do because I'm be walking in my best life and y'all look good if I'm walking in my best life. It's funny how the world looks different when you start looking different. True that. Okay, let's talk about, let's talk about the, power of, the power of our words or our words being seed. Because it doesn't matter how you are or what you are experiencing in your life this morning. Wherever you're at, any of our campuses on our YouTube channel. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing in your life right now. Whether it's horrible or it's awesome, it can always be better. A lot of times we find ourselves in the middle of life. And life kind of lives us. We don't on purpose live life. We just take what comes and think that's just, you know, the cards we've been dealt and we have to live with it. We find ourselves just under oppressed, depressed, frustrated, stressed out. We feel like we're a victim to our circumstance. You know, the other day I was talking with someone, you know, we were, we were having coffee somewhere and she was just needing to talk through some things and that's the power of relationship. When you're with someone, you're able to talk things out and sometimes you don't even need them to answer your question. You answer your own question by talking it out. So we were sitting together and we were talking and she was expressing to me what was going on in her life. And I noticed, you know, she was struggling in a, in a lot of different areas and, 
and, and, and her being young and me being a little bit older than her, much older than her, I, I, I knew the, the feelings that I felt way back then as a young mom struggling in certain areas. And I know the challenges of parenting infants and two-year-olds and five-year-olds and, you know, balancing your home and your life and the money and the work and the job, all those things. And I know that it, is, it can be frustrating and it can be overwhelming. But in our conversation, many times throughout the conversation, she would say, it's hard. It's just so hard. And it's just hard. It's just really hard. It's a struggle. It's really hard. It's just really hard. It's hard. It's really hard. So at the end of our conversation, I'm like, you know, first of all, you need to get planted in a group because you're isolated and living life alone. You need somebody in your life. But another thing, let's just change one thing. Instead of saying how, li- how, how hard your life is, let's change that to my life is great. I'm created for this. God gave me these kids. God gave me these kids on purpose. He knows I can handle it. I ha- he gives me wisdom. Start right there and watch change happen in your life. Because the more we talk about how hard it is, the more ensnared to it we become. The Bible says in in, uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 2, you have been snared by the words of your mouth, caught by the words of your own mouth. Now, what a snare does is it holds you and it doesn't let you go. It traps you. See, and a lot of times we feel trapped in our circumstance, but it's not necessarily our circumstance that has trapped us. It's our conversation about our circumstance that traps us. The Bible says that we're snared or held captive, we're stuck because our mouth is stuck, repeating the same old, same old thing. Matthew chapter 12, verse number 37, it says, words can be your salvation, words can also be your damnation. So words can get you into trouble. But this is what I know, if words can get you stuck and words can get you into trouble, then saying the right words can get you unstuck and the right words can get you out of trouble. So y'all can take a deep breath in and a deep breath out because we're going to be helped today. Because some of us look at our life and go, I just feel so stuck and my mouth has been so horrible and I see that the fruit of my lips have produced this life and I need help out of here. Just like you got in there with the words of your mouth, you can get out with the words of your mouth. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 verse number 20, says, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips. They are satisfied. That's how Randy was talking this morning, how your words are a seed. So it's saying when we say or we speak or we declare something, it produces a harvest in our life. Your words, my spoken words are producing a harvest in my life. So it makes sense. If I don't like what I'm harvesting... I simply have to change what I've been planting. If I don't like what I've been harvesting, I simply have to change what I've been planting. The problem is a lot of us don't realize that our words really do matter. What we say, if we really uh, would understand or be enlightened to the fact that every word I speak is a seed. When I open my mouth and say it, or I use my two thumbs and I type it, it's being sown and I will reap a harvest off of it. 
So every word or every seed I sow is producing life to me or it's producing death to me, but it is producing a harvest. So I cannot plant in the natural tomato seeds in my yard and then be totally upset and frustrated because I have tomato plants and I hate tomatoes, right? I can't yell at the plant. I can't cry about the plant. If I don't like it, I have to uproot it and plant what I want. Same thing in our lives. If you don't like your current harvest of what you've been, 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 been seeing in your life, then on purpose, you've got to stop feeding it. You've got to uproot it and start planting what you want. Now, the reason we don't speak words on purpose is because it takes effort. Man, I go through these phases. My husband can tell you, you know, he tells you how, you know, I'll make spaghetti and I get the spaghetti sauce perfect and he loves it, loves it, loves it. And the next week it'll be totally different because I always want to try something new. I try to tell him that part of me that always wants something new is the same part of me when he said, hey, let's move, you know, me and you and three kids and go start a new life in, in Oklahoma and go to school. That same part of me was willing to say yes to that. So he needs to be just excited that he even gets food on the table, right? <laughs> so I, went, I go through these phases is what I'm saying in my life, right? I'm going to, I won't just make, if I'm going to switch up meals at home, I don't just make one new meal. I'll take out the cookbook and plan like five new meals. I won't just plan one. I'll get like, you know and I'll just make them all and it gets it out of my system and I don't ever want to make anything new again. So this time I was in a flower planting, gardening I, part of my life. I decided I love tulips. I'm going to plant some tulip bulbs. Any of you who are gardeners, I honor you because Planting bulbs of any kind, they're beautiful, but they bloom like one time, then they're gone, and it takes a whole lot of effort for one bloom, all right? So I had to go, and I had to strategically put them in the ground one by one, planting, digging holes at a certain time of the year. You plant those like in the fall, and they don't come up until the spring. That's a long wait time. So it took hard work doing that. Well, they bloom one time and I'm like, wow, these are beautiful, but then they die and it's like over, right? That was just like nuts. So I decided I'm going to be easier on myself. I saw this bag of wildflower seed at Lowe's. I'm like, and it says quick harvest, like, you know, quick growing. You don't even have to dig a hole and plant them. You throw them. I'm like, this is awesome. This is like the best news to me because I can have beautiful flowers, no effort. So I get this bag, I go out. You just have to barely rake the, the ground. You don't have to dig anything. You like rake it, okay? Scuff it up a little bit, throwing those. And within three days, I had the most amazing, beautiful weeds. No one told me that wildflowers are basically weeds with flowers on top. And I had a mess a mess. It was beautiful for like a short period of time. It was no structure, no order, but it took the least amount of time. And then I had to do the job, get the job, you know, go through the hassle of cleaning it all up. And something about a darn wildflower is they don't die. There is no season. 
is like continuous. And I think sometimes in our life, we find ourselves just saying words and we have this mess in our life because we're not saying on purpose words. So we're just throwing our words out there. It's growing this chaotic life. Then we go try to clean it all up. And when you sow a negative seed, man, those seeds seem to last forever. Look at these guys on the news right now. I mean, from 20 years ago, they're pulling up stuff that they've said or stuff that they, words can bring life and words can bring death. And we have to realize that our word that we speak, it is a seed and it's going to grow something in your life. And if I can say anything to challenge all of us today is before we sow the seed, make sure we want the harvest. Because sometimes I have found that this to be true in relationships with my husband. I always find it amusing that God puts totally opposite people put a love for each other for two totally opposite people, right? So you have someone who's very structured and orderly and likes things in order and runs, you know, by a schedule and likes to be on time for things, puts a love in his heart for someone like me who just is like, I'll put it off to tomorrow. You know, like, the, it's like, honey, you got five minutes and you got to get in the car. I'm like, five minutes, man, I can like polish my nails. I can dry my hair because why would I want to get there early, right? But he puts two people that on totally top, the opposite ends of the spectrum, puts a love in them for each other, brings them together, and then expects there to be harmony and unity and life and fun. And usually there's war and anger and frustration and ugh, all kinds of stuff. And y'all are be really quiet because you know, if I smile, my wife's going to break my rib with her elbow, Right? In your marriage, when there's times, man, you have those struggles and those issues. And I know you think Randy's like next to Jesus, but he's a man and I'm a woman and we have our disagreements. But I have found in the 30 something years, 35 years, he says, we're married. I don't want to add him up. 35 years we've been married. There have been times where we've had disagreements. And in my mind, I'm thinking all this stuff that I could say. I could say this and I could say this and I could say this and I could tell you what you did, you know, what you didn't do and what I thought about what you did and, or, and reap the fruit of that. Or I could just be quiet. Say, that sounds awesome, honey. And have peace in my life. Listen, this is just a word of wisdom that before you open your mouth and say anything, it might feel good on the outside, but the harvest that you're growing up in your life may not be worth it. So I encourage us all, before we open our mouth and say anything, do I want the harvest of this in my life? Do I want the harvest of this in my life? And instead of opening our mouth and always talking about the negative or what's going on in our life, we need to start declaring or speaking into not what is, but what we want to see. You know, God, man, so awesome when he did this in the beginning. The Bible says that when the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, that it was form and it without, without form and it was void, meaning that it was a place of confusion at the moment and it was chaotic and there was just a bunch of dysfunction going on. And instead of God looking at that dysfunction and looking at that chaos and just talking about it, how bad it is, how dark it is, 
instead of him talking about what he saw, he started declaring what he wanted to see. The Bible says that he said, let there be light. He didn't go, oh man, what's so dark down there? Man, that's so depressing. Ew, that's gross. Ew. He started declaring what he wanted to see. Let there be light. He didn't talk about what he saw. He started speaking into it, the chaos in his, what he saw. He started speaking into it what he wanted to see. If he just started talking about it, it would have remained the same way. See, that's what happens in our world. We have a lot of chaos going on, maybe in our marriage, our money, our bodies, our finances, relationships, our job. And we find ourselves just talking about the chaos. We talk about the chaos, so all we see now is continual chaos. Nothing changes. No change comes talking about the issue, talking about the problem. Change only happens when you start speaking life into the problem. So instead of talking about what we currently see that's frustrating us, we need to do like God does. In fact, that's how he created us. He created us with the ability to use words to communicate and to call things into existence in our world and to set in order his purpose and plan here on this earth. So just like he created the world with his words, he gave us as human beings the ability to create, create and bring life into our world with our words. And I think we need to be more aware of that. God creating us with the ability to speak life into our world. In fact, James says it like this. In James chapter 3, verse number 2, it says, We all make mistakes often, but those who don't mis make mistakes with their words have reached full maturity. Like a bridled horse, they can control themselves entirely. What this verse is saying is a sign of maturity is the ability to control our words. A sign of maturity is the ability to on purpose speak life into our world. A sign of maturity is not always saying how you feel and what you think. It's on purpose choosing to speak life. Well, I just say what I want. I say you get the real me. I just tell you how it is, baby. I think it's so funny. I mean, you look at a little, uh, and as soon as a little kid starts to talk, you can tell, right? My, my two-year-old granddaughter, cutest thing ever. You look at her too long, she gets a little, in, you know, little nervous and doesn't know what to do. And she'll just go, <laughs> no poo-poo butt, right? No, no, no poo-poo butt. A sign of immaturity is you're not able to control your words and speak life on purpose. So a lot of us are out there, you know, no poo-poo butt, and you're grown, you should stop doing that. Go ahead and look to your neighbor and say, stop doing that. Go ahead. You know you want to say it, poo-poo butt. All right. I know. There's just something about that, right? So, and it also says here, it says, we all make mistakes, but those who don't make mistakes with their words have reached full maturity. Like a bridled horse, they can control themselves entirely. If you control your tongue... You control your life. What? If you control your tongue, you control your life. 
If you don't control your tongue, your cut tongue will control you. You got to be the boss. You got to start speaking words on purpose. It goes on to say that we can make a large horse go wherever we want by a small bit in its mouth. A small uh, rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Just like if you don't like the harvest in your life, start changing what you sow. If you don't like the direction of your life, start changing what you say. I like it because it says you can steer a big ship by a small rudder no matter what kind of force comes against us. I know we look like to think, well, we're just a victim of our circumstance. I would change my situation if I could, but there's a lot of people involved. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it doesn't matter the storm on the outside. That little rudder will shift the ship if it's given the right direction. So it doesn't matter what chaos is going on in your life. Your tongue, your right words can shift your direction no matter, no matter who else wants to participate. Even if nobody else wants to get involved. In your change, your words, yourself, can produce great harvest in your life by saying things on purpose. In Mark chapter 11, verse number 12, the Bible says this. The next day, it talks about Jesus. He's traveling around with his disciples. It says the next, next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He says, seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing on it but leaves because it wasn't the season for figs. It says, then he said to the tree, may no one eat fruit from you ever again. And the disciples heard him say it. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Jesus said, have faith. In God, or the God kind of faith, he says, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. I think in reading this, there are two things, a couple things in our lives that we need to start talking to instead of talking about. Two things from this verse, these verses, we need to stop talking to, start talking to, instead of talking about. The first thing is things that have been lying to us. Things that have been lying to us. The Bible says that Jesus saw this fig tree from afar off, and it had all these leaves on it. If you were to study about fig trees, which I googled, uh, you know that fig trees, when it's time for harvest, will, pro will, will show forth leaves, and, and the, the, the greenery will show up. And it's really was saying to Jesus, hey, I have figs on me. If you're hungry, I can come give you some. I can give you some. So Jesus walked over to it. There were no figs on it. So that tree was lying to him. him. Jesus didn't talk about the fig tree. Didn't say that darn tree didn't produce fruit. Man, I went out of my way, got off the path, came to this tree. That's not fair. That's not right. That's weird. I wonder why this tree is producing leaves. I wonder why it's acting this way. No, Jesus immediately, instead of talking about that lying thing, he started talking to the lying thing, and he said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. What are the things that are lying to you in your life? 
well, how do I know what's lying to me? What are those things that keep you awake at night, keep you stressed out and you're worried about? What are those things that don't line up with the truth of the word of God? Anything that doesn't line up with the truth of the word of God is a lying thing. The Bible says the truth of the word of God says by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what's been told to you. The truth of the word of God says by the stripes of Jesus, you're the healed of the Lord. So if you're experiencing sickness, disease, symptoms in your body, that's a lying thing. So instead of talking about the lying thing in my life, I need to start talking to the lying thing in my life. That lying thing has been harassing you. That lying thing has been talking about how it's going to take you out and you're not going to live very long. That lying thing has has talked to you and told you how broke you're going to be and you're never going to be able to afford that or you're going to lose everything. That lying thing has told you that your kids are always going to be far from God. You don't know where they are right now. They're never going to be serving God. Man, you raised them wrong. You failed as a parent. Those lying things are talking to you, but instead of talking about those lying things that are talking to you, you got to do like Jesus did and start talking to those lying things that are talking to you. And what did Jesus simply say? He was so confident in the truth that when he spoke something, it would happen, that he looked at that tree and he said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. He didn't beg it. He didn't hope. He didn't do it. He just simply spoke, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. He didn't walk away and come back to it saying, are you producing fruit? Are you doing it? Did it work? Did it work? Walk away. Did it work? Did it work? No. In fact, he spoke it and walked away. The only reason he knew for sure that it actually did shrivel up is because his disciple was like blown away that it actually worked. Jesus, man, you spoke to it and it's gone. How did that happen? He says, listen, have the faith of God. What's the faith of God? The faith of God comes by getting this word in your eyes and in your ears, in your heart, letting it come out of your mouth. The other thing it's, Jesus says is that, he, that we need to stop talking about and start talking to is the mountains in our way. What is your mountain that seems you can't get through? Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a marital thing. Maybe it's a relational thing. Maybe it's a soulish thing. Jesus didn't say, man, see this mountain? If it's small enough, if it's under this height, you can speak to it and it'll move. This mountain, man, if it's made of this kind of rock, this kind of, then it can move. No, Jesus said you can speak to this and it will, it will move. Instead of talking about it, we need to start speaking to it. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of our tongue. We can declare life and dead things will come to life. Opening our mouth and declaring. We got to stop talking about the mountain and start talking to the mountain. You know, this last week I was experiencing this pain in my body and man I was I was like oh man you know I know better than to open my mouth and say man my back hurts or man I feel so sick because I know the power of my words I want to give it no place in my life so I won't even say that because I know the power of my words and I don't want to give it any place in my life 
So I won't say, man, my back hurts, but I found myself not saying anything. You know, just man. thinking in my head, man, Jesus, you provided healing for this. Thinking in my head, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Thinking in my head, man, I know the truth of the word of God is working in me. Thinking in my head. It's not just about thinking in your head that does stuff. You've got to open your mouth and you've got to command some things. I said, you know what? Pain, you are in this body illegally. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, when he gave his life on that cross and he was beaten and he was hung to that cross, the Bible says at that point he redeemed me from the curse of the law. And if you were to read about the curse of the law, it includes every single sickness, disease that can be named and those that aren't named. It actually says that and those that aren't named yet. Thank God for that. Because we can say, oh man, we got new things happening. doesn't matter. Those things that aren't named yet. It says that Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. So I'm experiencing this as pain. I'm like, pain, you are in my body illegally. And right now in the name of Jesus, according to the truth of the word of God, I evict you. Get out. Illegally. Symptoms in your body. Sicknesses in your body. According to the word of God. Because Jesus Christ, as a believer in Jesus Christ, he paid for it all. Sicknesses in your body, diseases in your body are there illegally. You have a right, according to the word of God, to stand up and say, get out. Yeah, but it's what we feel. How can the word of God, like, this is like real, like my body is real. Do you realize that none of this was, it was the word of God that created this. I would say the word of God that created this is more powerful than this has more authority than this. And it was Satan who came and distorted and perverted and brought sickness and disease through sin. But thank God, when he sent Jesus to die on that cross, it took away the sin problem, took away the sin problem, took away the sickness problem, took away the poverty problem. You have been redeemed. And if you're walking or experiencing these things, they're there illegally. And you have a right to stand and declare God's truth into that situation. You know, I lived in a house 10 year, 15 years ago. And in this house, I've told this story before, in this house, I walked in one day and there was this blackbird, big old blackbird. And it was making, it was banging up against the walls. And every time it hit the wall, it'd poop, right? So it's, there's poop everywhere. And it's freaked out. It's banging itself against the wall and the blinds. It's so noisy. It's just making a terrible mess. I walked in there. I'm like, uh, okay, this is not supposed to be there. See, most of us walk in, you know, and oh, darn, I got to live with the bird. That's going to be like really hard to sleep at night. Gosh, I'm going to have to clean all the time. And man, I better put a bag over my head because I don't want poop in my hair because it's really hard to straighten this beautiful hair every day. Man, this is going to suck. It's going to be so noisy. How are we going to sleep? No. 
I aggressively went in there. No, I called my husband and he aggressively went in there and he drove that bird out. Why? It didn't belong there. It was there illegally. It was uninvited. No one opened the door for him to come in. So instead of living there with it, I knew I had, it was my house. I didn't have to let it live in my house. Oh, I could let it live in my house, but I didn't want it to live in my house. Listen, your, where you live in your flesh right now is the house that God gave you for your spirit man to abide. You, as the spirit man of who you are, controls what lives in your house. Sickness and disease living in our house, it's there illegally. You have a right to stand up with the word of God, not welcome it, talk about it, cheer it on, but to declare it's off limits and to get its butt out. Listen, I have no doubt in this place this morning, there are people in this room. What? I don't have to live with that? What? Listen, Christ redeemed you. We need to stop talking about the mountains in our life. Stop talking about the lies, those things that have been lying to us and start talking to them. The Bible says that the most powerful seed we have available to us is the word of God. The Bible says that the seed is the word of God in Luke chapter eight, verse number 11. It says the seed is the word of God. It's the most powerful seed. I love this verse right here because in Acts chapter 19, 20, it says the word of the Lord grew. When you open your mouth and you start speaking life or the word of God or that God seed into any situation in your life, the Bible says the word of the Lord, it grew. It became greater. It didn't just grow and become greater, but it did it mightily. That word mightily means with force and strength. It just didn't do it mightily, but the Bible says that it prevailed. When you open your mouth and you declare the word of God, the most powerful seed into any situation, any mountain, any lying thing into your life, that word of God seed becomes greater with force and strength. It has the strength to overcome. It proves itself more powerful than it drives out every opposing force. No matter what you're facing this morning, no matter what you're going through this morning, if you will get the powerful seed of the word of God, Get it coming out of your mouth as you declare it into those places, into your marriage, into your finances, into your kids, into your physical body, into your workplace. You'll see that seed of the word of God will grow with great strength.